Good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all my blessed and highly favored people doing today? It appears we're getting a little break from the weather, which I'm enjoying so much because I don't like cold weather. So a little bit of sunshine is always great for me. And it actually takes me to back like a, like if I'm on a tropical island, although it's not the same but it's giving me that tropical vibe. You know what I'm saying? These 90s days is giving me that tropical vibe. So it'll be close enough until I'm able to actually get there. So without further ado, let me do my housekeeping so we could get right into the show. And I want to let you know that Radio Free Brooklyn is listener driven. So if you're an, an Amazon shopper, which I'm sure most of us are, if you choose us in your Smile Charity Every time you shop, a portion of your purchase goes straight to Radio Free Brooklyn. How simple is that? So go on, pick us up out of Smile Charity, and let us get your little extra coins to keep this radio station going. And if you missed any of my other episodes, you can find them on my show page at Radio Free Brooklyn, on Spotify, on Apple, and all other podcast program uh, platforms. You can also reach me at 
WWK Say Today on Instagram and also on what would K say at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think about the show. So now, it has sparked more debates this time around than it did when it was first introduced into the Supreme Court. It's a topic that has once again divided our country. Not that we have ever truly come together, right? But it has inserted itself into the center of conversation. It was often said that in order to avoid an argument, don't discuss politics or religion. But now we have to add abortion, or is it the right of a woman to choose what is best for her body? I'm not even sure at this point what the argument is. So because of all the ambiguity surrounding the matter, we're going to try to understand exactly what the issue is and how we got here. And since it's the last Sunday in July, let's send it out with a bang. So today I'm going to begin a new series. I'm going to warn you, it's going to be a sensitive topic, but one that is most prevalent in today's world. We're going to look at the scriptures and see what thus saith the Lord concerning the subject of sex. This series is going to be called Love, Lust, sex, and the pursuit of happiness. So because it's such a heavy message, I'm going to take my time and we're going to go into each part to see exactly how everything associated with God becomes a target for the enemy to attempt to pervert and destroy. So let's really take a look at this because it's the only way that we're going to fully understand the concept of pro-life versus pro-choice. Today, we're going to start out with the topic of love. And as always, we're going to begin at the beginning. We will begin with the fact that God is love. And the scriptures tell us that. 1 John 4, 7-9. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not not know God, for God is love. So when we think about that, we see that when God creates anything, Anything, it's created in love. So when God created human beings, it was done all out of love. And as we can see, the evidence of that is when we, when it pained him to see Adam alone in the garden. God, God said that it was not good for Adam to be alone. Thus, he created Eve. But let's pay particular attention to what the scriptures say. They, Adam and Eve, were given the same instructions that were given to the birds and the fish. Yeah, you heard me right. I said that Adam and Eve 
were given the same instructions that were given to the birds and the fish. God told Adam and Eve and the birds and the fishes, be fruitful and multiply. Genesis 1, 20 to 23. Then God said, let the waters abound with the abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every little thing that moves, every living thing, excuse me, that moves, with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God said that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And now let's move down to Genesis 1, 27 to 29. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on earth. And it was all beginning with that. Now, as time went on, however, birds and fish, of course, they still multiply like they're supposed to, like they were given the command to do. However, men and women, they've been fruitful, but they don't necessarily want to multiply. So the act of being fruitful from what we see was always connected with multiplication because God is about increase, right? Deuteronomy 7, 13 to 14. This chapter is, now this chapter, since I'm only giving you part of it, I want to give you the, what the chapter's about. This chapter is talking about how God brought the Israelites out of Egypt and the promises he made to them, being the blessings of obedience. And he will love and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land, your grain and your new wine and your oil, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flock in the land in which he swore to your fathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all people. There shall not be a male or female barren among you or among your livestock. So there's never been a time in the scriptures that God has not shown increase to those who were obedient, but there's never been a time in the scriptures that God has not shown increase. Increase in anything. God is about increase. But to truly understand what God means about love, we'd have to define love, right? But before we get there, just think about all the scriptures that I just read. If God is about increase and everything he talks about is multiplication, so it would stand to reason 
that it's you, if you engage in the act of sex, you're going to get an increase, right? You're going to get an increase. That's just the way it was set up. You're fruitful, you're going to multiply. And if we think about it, throughout the scriptures, you've always, you've always seen women that you had some that was having babies, just having babies after babies after babies. And then you had some that weren't able to have children, but they were praying to God because they wanted to have a child. Let's think about it. Okay, the first promise that was given was to Abraham and Sarah that she was supposed to give birth to the child of promise that was going to multiply, you know, Abraham's seed. But because it was taking so long and she thought she was so old and she thought Abraham was so old, she goes and she gets a handmaid, her handmaid, um, Hagar. We all know that story. He sleeps with Hagar. And what happens? Hagar gets pregnant. Of course, fruitful and multiply. Hagar gets pregnant. She has the baby, yada, yada, so on. We see with Hannah. Hannah wasn't able to have children. Penina, who was her husband's other wife, every time you turned around and he was with Penina, she was having a baby. And what Penina would do would come and she would flaunt her children in front of Hannah, in front of Hannah like, oh, you know, look at me. Look how God has blessed me. And Hannah felt bad because she was barren. Hannah would go to the synagogue every day and pray to God to bless her with a child. The last blessing that Hannah prayed, the last prayer that Hannah prayed was, God, if you let me have a child, I will give him back to you to be your servant. And lo and behold, God blessed Hannah's womb. She got pregnant. And she had Samuel, who, as we know, is the prophet that anointed David to be king after Saul. But throughout the scriptures, we see women that were barren, women that were fruitful. The ones that were barren always thought there was something wrong with them because they couldn't have children. And I'm not saying this. Everything I'm saying right now is just to set up the whole I'm trying to set up, I'm setting up the storyline so that we can see how things have been changed as time has went on. So everything I'm saying here, I don't want people to feel that if they don't want to have kids or don't have kids, they're not blessed of the Lord. That's not what I'm saying, because I know how people can take something out of context and want to run like an Arabian stallion with it. And that's not what we're here for. What we're here for is to understand what the scriptures say. And then once you get an understanding of it, it's for you to either accept it or not accept it. But it's, I'm not saying that those who don't have children or didn't have children aren't blessed of the Lord. I'm giving you examples in the Bible how the women felt when they didn't have children or couldn't have children that they weren't blessed. Okay. So those who have decided not to have children, that's your own personal choice. 
you've decided not to have children. But what I'm trying to do is set up the groundwork, set up the groundwork of where all this has now become such a hot topic in America and in the world today. It started out with love. God created the world. God created the animals. God created human beings. His blessing to every living creature was be fruitful and multiply. That's what his blessing was on every living creature that he created. Because like I said, God is a God of increase. And we know that to be so. Taking the, just remove the fact of even children. Let's just remove the fact of having kids, all that stuff. Let's just put that to the side right now. We know that when we serve God and the God that we're serving today, when we serve him, we're looking for him to be our ultimate provider of everything. So when you think about it on that, if you think about it in that way, if God is your ultimate provider of everything, to provide would mean he would have to increase something, right? Because nothing lasts forever. Everything's going to deplete eventually. Nothing is just continuous. It's just there and it's just never ending. Nothing. As we can see that even with climate change. You see in, you see the, the polar caps, they're melting. Before it was such an abundance of ice and snow and you couldn't even, people couldn't even survive up there. Now when you see pictures, you see green grass growing on top of mountains where before it was totally covered with ice and snow. So nothing lasts forever. So whenever we're looking for a blessing coming from God, just as individuals, whenever we're looking like, oh, you know, God, you're my provider, we call him Jehovah Jireh. Oh, you know, I get my everything from you. So to get everything from someone or God, it would have to be to be increased, right? They would have to be giving you something to increase. So if God is a God of increase, we would have to figure that anything that he blesses or touch, he would want it to increase because that's what he's about. So if he's about increase, he would want everything that he created, everything that is about him to do the same. It's just like when we're talking about our purpose. When we speak about our purpose, we're trying to increase and do what God has placed inside of us. We're trying to bring it out so that we can be the best that God had created us to be from birth. Same thing, same concept. It's just now we're applying it to sex. That's the only difference, right? That's the only difference right here. But now getting back to the topic of the story. For us to truly understand what God means by love, let us define what love is. Now, the Bible defines love, according to 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, 
but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Now, the world defines love, and this is according to the Oxford Dictionary. The world defines defines love as an intense feeling of deep affection. Now, by that definition, I can easily see how we can mistake what we think love is for lust, right? Because if God defines love as long-suffering and kind, it's not envious, doesn't parade itself, it's not rude, but the world defines love as an intense feeling of deep affection. You see how the two have a different meaning? The two have different meanings. And it's not like the love of the Bible that God describes doesn't have a deep affection. But the affection is about, when you read this in Corinthians, it's more about being tolerant, compromising, understanding, not being selfish, those aspects of love. But when the world defines love, the world defines love as deep affection. You know, that's auto, it, that to me, when I hear that meaning, it automatically triggers a, an emotional feeling, right? So now we see how love could just easily be confused with lust. And next week, we're going to go into how lust plays a part, where lust came into the picture and how it has a lot to do with what's happening today. So so in order for us to truly understand everything in this topic, we have to break it all down, get every part of it so that you could see how things have been manipulated and turned to mean something else. So I want you guys to think about that. Think about what we said about love. Think about what we said about the fruitful and the multiply, the multiplication. Think about God as being love. And think about how God is increase, forever increasing, because he is forever moving. God does not stand still. Everything he does is a movement. No matter what it is, it's moving. So with that, I'd like us to take a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. Walk Walk with me. Take my hand.
have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. So now in today's topics, we're going to discuss a couple of things. One thing I want to say is, let our prayers go out to the people of Kentucky, those who are being bombarded with the rainfall and all the flooding that's going on out there. It's just, it's horrible. So far, they have 25 people that they said have died But when you see those pictures of just rooftops in the water, it reminds you, of course, of Katrina back in Louisiana when that happened. And you know there was a lot of people that died in in that flooding with that hurricane. But this is not even a hurricane that's coming through Kentucky. It's just regular rain. It's just regular rain coming through at such a force that it's making the riverbanks overflow. And so now all this flooding is taking place in eastern Kentucky. So let our prayers go out to those people that are there and the, the rescue workers that are trying to find survivors, if by now, if there are any, you know, now. And Kentucky once again is getting hit with more storms this morning as I'm speaking to you. But the thing about it is when I thought about Kentucky, I said Kentucky was most known for its bourbon. It's Derby, of course, the Kentucky Derby. And then it's senators, Rand Paul and Mitch McConnell. I was like, wow, isn't that interesting? But our prayers do go out to the people in the state of Kentucky so that they can get through this. In other news, Biden has COVID again. He tested positive. And I wonder if he ever, I wonder if the test that they gave him that came back negative was just a false negative. But then they're saying he just has rebounding COVID. But why call it rebounding if the first, if the negative test could have been really a false negative? But either way, he has it again. He says he doesn't have any symptoms. He's still taking that antiviral drug and he says he's doing fine. But that's just going to show you how contagious this new variant is how everyone still needs to be very mindful and vigilant about not contracting COVID because it is catching everyone. I told you last week, it doesn't discriminate. It does not discriminate. It's all about inclusion. It wants to get everyone. On the next, the next topic on the healthcare crisis or on the health crisis here in America, monkeypox, like no surprise, We spoke about this three weeks ago. I told you guys, monkeypox, they keep trying to downplay it. They kept trying to downplay it. And lo and behold, now New York State is declaring it a health emergency. I told you that a month ago it was a health emergency. But who am I? I'm not a doctor. I don't work for the CDC. The only place in America that has more monkeypox than New York is San Francisco. And yes, like I said, when I told you guys about monkeypox, and I want to stress it again, because this is when you start labeling something to be just with a certain sect of people, then the other people that don't fall in that category 
turn a blind eye and and they create a deaf, they have a deaf ear. They don't want to hear it because it's like, oh, that doesn't affect me, so I don't have to worry about it. No, everyone needs to hear it because it's going to, unless you're careful, affect everyone. Reason being, because like when I gave you how you can contract monkeypox, it's not just sexual activity. So they want to say it's a gay disease. It's gay, It's most prevalent right now, air quotes, among men who sleep with men. But we all know, just like with AIDS, men that slept with men also slept with women. And I'm not just saying that to be disparaging, but let's just think about it. We could take it back to the Bible. Let's take it back to Sodom and Gomorrah. When the angels showed up at Lot's door, they were men, and the men of the city wanted them. Lot was going to give his daughter to the men. They said, no, we want the angels. So we know men have been sleeping with men since the beginning of time, but don't think that in Sodom and Gomorrah, it was just men sleeping with men. Men was also sleeping with women too. So if you have a disease that you want to label as, oh, it's most prevalent among men sleeping with men. Men aren't just sleeping with men. Because if they were just sleeping with men, the disease would stay there. Men aren't just sleeping with men. There are men that are going out and they're sleeping with women as well. And that's how it gets brought into the regular population. And that's not the only way. So let's take it away from the, here we go, with sex again. That's our topic right here, sex, okay? You're not just contracting Multipox, uh, multipox. You hear me? Multipox. God forbid. Monkeypox through sex. It comes once you have the rash, and if the rash is open, you know germs, just like with COVID, germs. You sneeze, you cough, you whatever. Them germs sprinkle. Those germs flow through the air. You inhale it. You touch it. You rub your eye. You touch your face. Boom! You have COVID. And it was just like, not just saying COVID, that's the way that the common flu was spread. That's the way the common cold was spread, right? Droplets, germs, little respiratory particles. Same thing with monkeypox. You have a rash. Someone has a rash. They're next to you. You don't know. They're speaking. You inhale. Boom. Right? So let's let's really be mindful, people. It's not just about men sleeping with men. So that's the only way you're going to get it. Not so. Not so. And the more if they start saying it more in that way, they might not want to say it because they don't want to create panic. But right now, after COVID, what more panic could we possibly have? All it's going to do is make us vigilant to say, oh, okay, well, here's something else I have to be mindful of. We've already passed the stage of panic when it comes to them telling us what's floating around in the air. We're way past that stage. Being shut down for two years has already conditioned us to, okay, I just have to take extra precautions. And that's what the average person should be thinking when they hear of these new diseases coming up. It shouldn't create widespread panic. Why are you getting widespread panic? It just means be vigilant with your own hygiene. Know who you're sleeping with. Number one, if you have to. Two, wash your hands. How about what that washing your hands was the number one, even with COVID. Wash your hands. Number two, 
I know a lot of people don't want to wear masks still. They feel, oh, I don't need a mask. I don't. Well, for those of you who don't need a mask, don't wear a mask. But for those of you who know that there are germs floating in the atmosphere, whether people want to say it or not, people don't have to say it anymore for you to just know, wear your mask. And wear the N95s because those are the ones that keep out the most particles when you're, you know, inhaling and everything. And I know, of course, with the hot weather, it's hard to wear a mask because I find it difficult to wear a mask when it's hot and you're walking in the street. Yes, it does make it hard for you to breathe. But I think in my mind, hmm, better a little discomfort now than a lot of discomfort later. That's just my motto. You don't have to adapt it. You can make up your own, do whatever you want. But that's the way I look at it. If wearing a mask, But a short space of time that I'm out in the public where I can pick up anything is going to save me from sorrow. Later on, I'm going to do it. And even that's not 100% guaranteed because you still might touch something and not be aware of it. And boom, you may catch it. But the more precaution you take for not catching something, the better off you're going to be. So now... Let's move on to now. This is something that's been on my head forever since the pandemic started and we started opening up everything and people were getting back into traveling and just being outside. What is it with people just walking on trains and buses and thinking that they don't have to pay? Now, I know Now I'm talking about New York. I don't know what they're doing in other cities because I haven't witnessed it, but I'm talking about here in New York. I know that MTA did allow people to ride for free when it was the pandemic because they wanted to get the, the essential workers to and from where they needed to be. Now everyone's on the train and bus and everyone now thinks that still that they can just walk on it and it's just free. You know, I don't even have to ask the bus driver. Oh, can I, you know, get on? I don't have any money. No, they just walk on like, okay, yeah, everybody's a free ride. Just get on. Where did that come from? Where did that logic come from? And now I saw last week, Two teenagers were arrested for fare evasion. Not only were they arrested for fare evasion, but they were arrested for assaulting police officers. If you see that video, the cops are telling them, okay, you can't just jump the turnstile. You know, they're asking them for their ID or whatever. They got into a fist. They got into a fist fight with the police officers. They're fist fighting the police officers for $2.75. I mean, let's just, let's just, try to understand where is the, I'm trying to to even understand the thought behind, okay, if I want to go through the turn, you know, jump the turnstile, oh, oh, darn, I'm busted. Okay, let me just take this summons and keep it moving, right? Wrong. Oh, you're going to stop me because I don't have $2.75. I'm going to get into an argument with you. And then if you're telling me, oh, well, now I'm going to arrest you, I'm going to punch you in your face. A police officer? So that actually you see them on the video literally throwing, I mean throwing down. And in my mind, the first thing that came to my mind was, thank God it was just a police officer that said, okay, this is a teenager. I'm going to fight with him toe to toe and not like, oh, you assaulted me. Where's my gun and let me put a bullet in you. Hello? At that point, He was reacting to what could have been deadly force on him if someone's coming after him to assault him. Yeah, I felt my life was in danger. I had to shoot him. But see, when those things happen, if that child would have been shot 
Oh, we would have heard everybody in the in the street screaming outrage. Oh, he didn't have to kill him. He didn't have to. He didn't have to hit the cop either. And now I'm not condoning police that pull their gun and shoot people. No way am I condoning that because there are a lot of people that innocent people that have gotten shot for no reason. But the fact that you're going to stand there and go toe to toe, not just with words, but you're going to then become physical with a police officer. And like I said, thank God that could have turned out so many different ways because both of those teenagers could have been shot dead right there in that police in that train station. But those cops held restraint from going for their gun and just decided, you know what? I'm going to fight them. I'm just going to fight them. We're just going to have hand-to-hand combat. Who does that? We do, apparently, here in New York City. So now the rest of the story, and this is where the story really gets juicy, because when I heard this, I was like, oh, my goodness. Not only did the arrest, okay, they finally arrested the teenagers. They go before a judge. And what do you think happens to these teenagers? You said it. They are right back outside on the street. Now, mind you, the teenagers had prior arrests on their record. Right back out into the street. You know, that whole no bail, just let people go, bring them in and just let them go through like a revolving door. But in this case, it was said that the judge had the option to hold the teenagers. He could have held them, but he decided not to. Now, I want to know what's on the mind of that judge. You figure, oh, they're teenagers. I don't want to send them to jail because it'll be worse for them in jail than on the street. But now, yes, I can understand that line of thinking. Well, they're teenagers and you really don't want to put them in Rikers with, you know, murderers and everybody else, grown men that's, you know, incarcerated. No, you don't want to put them in there. But do you want to turn them back out on the street that if they have enough wherewithal to fight cops, that what's going to what's going to stop them from fighting an average civilian? You know, like, what's the big deal? They obviously don't care about anybody. So I don't know. It just makes you wonder. It just makes you wonder, like, what is really going on here? What is going on in our legal system? What is going on here in New York? Number one, we're so let's just be free and liberal with everyone, you know, Everyone's just been so oppressed, which is true. Yes, people have been oppressed because of the laws that you had in place and not even so much of the laws that you had in place. Let me correct that because it's not the laws that oppress the people. It's the people that enforce the laws that oppress the people. So now you have where you had the, what did they used to call it back in the day? The strong arm of the law that, oh, they used to just, you know, throw the book at you. Now they can't even find the book. They've thrown it so many times that they can't even find the book. So now everybody's like, oh, we don't know where the book is. Just let them go. You can't have one extreme to the next. When are we going to come to a happy medium where everyone, everyone feels safe, feels like law enforcement is doing their job, feels like the judicial system is doing their job, and where the criminals don't feel like, you know what, we run this town. When is it going to get back to that? But on a better note, something that's more, let's, let's talk about something that's really important. The National Suicide Hotline number has now been changed. They've made it easier. So if you're feeling suicidal or if you're feeling like you're in a crisis, you can now dial 988 and it will get you to a crisis counselor 
that you can speak with, that you can tell them how you're feeling, as opposed to having to dial that 10-digit number. Who can remember a 10-digit number if I'm standing on the top of the bridge getting ready to jump? Like, I'm going to, oh, what's that 10-digit number? No. They made it a lot easier. 988, if you're feeling suicidal, if you feel, if any type of crisis that you're in, any type of mental episode that you're going through, you can dial 988 and get help. And if you want to text to talk to someone or just, you know, you just want to chat, that 988 will get you to text and to talk. If you do 988 on the text, you can chat with them through text messages. 988, if you dial it on your phone, you can speak to a live operator. And if you want to do, um, I guess, email is 988lifeline.org. So you could, those are, the three different ways that you can get in touch with a counselor that can help you through whatever mental crisis you might be having at the moment. So with that, I see my time is growing short. I want to give us our word of the month since it's our last day of the month. Our word of the month is preparation. And I want to know, have you been preparing yourself? Have you, have you made preparations for the rest of the year? Have you made preparations for next month? Because it's tomorrow. Have you made preparations for next week? Have you made preparations for Monday, which is tomorrow? Have you made preparations for the rest of today? What are you preparing and what should you have already lined up so that you can follow through in what you want to do? And our promise for the week is coming from Psalm 119, 93. Psalm 119.93, and our promise is, I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. And with that, I want to say everybody have a happy, blessed Sunday. Stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance, be vigilant when it comes to your own personal hygiene to protect yourself from everything that's out there, monkeypox, COVID, whatever else might come up next week, we don't know. But Until God brings us together again next week, peace. mountain looked all around couldn't find nobody went down into the deepest valley looked all around down there couldn't find nobody I went across the deep blue sea couldn't find one to compare to your grace, your love, your mercy Nobody greater, nobody greater than you I searched all over, couldn't find nobody I looked high and low, 
still couldn't find nobody, nobody great, nobody greater, no, nobody greater than you. I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody great, nobody great, nobody greater than you. Nobody can heal like you can. Oh, most holy one, you are the great I am. Awesome in all your ways and my. You are here who carried out redemption's plan. Couldn't find nobody I looked high and low 